Join the Geek Therapy Discord server, which is without a doubt the most active community space we have right now. Get your invitation at geektherapy.com slash discord. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. My name is Oswald Cardona, and this week I am joined by Lauren Keller. Yo. Laura Taylor. Hey. And Brandon Saxton. Hello. On this episode, we're going to talk about DC's Heroes in Crisis, which was a nine-issue comic book event that went from September 2018 to May 2019. And it's taken us... A lot longer than I expected to to get to it. I, ke- I kept saying I wanted to 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 discuss it with all of you, and I actually didn't read it, didn't finish reading it up to now because I, I wanted to wait for it to be fresh in my mind for when we did discuss it. So I had not read it. I just I just knew what it was about, and my understanding was that there were some murders at uh, a place called the Sanctuary. Uh, which is supposed to be a location where superheroes could go and get like a mental health treatment or support. That's pretty much all I knew. I was concerned by that, by that description. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what, what? What are you doing? But I was very excited about the idea of a place where superheroes could go and get support, th- that a place like that existed. So that's kind of all I knew beforehand, and that's kind of how, how it was pitched. So if you're interested in reading DC Comics Heroes in Crisis, we're going to spoil it for 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 the for the next, you know, for the rest of the episode. We're going to go into detail into everything about it. So if you want to go and read it and come back, now is the time to to go. Bye. Spoiler alert out of the way. <laughs> uh damn. Okay, so did everybody everybody read it? Everybody is uh, clear on what happened. Are there any questions before we get into the discussion? No questions from me. No questions. Okay. Who's um, the author and artists? Good question. Uh, I know Tom King is the writer, mm-hmm. but I forgot. I, I, I mean, it's on the cover, but I, let me see. I'd have to pull up the cover. And there are a couple. I think. I think right. Yeah, Man and Maury. Mm-hmm. I'm unfamiliar with them. With comics, I'm I'm very I'm not very uh, good with with even most writers, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely the artists. Tom am, King just won a bunch of Eisners this year. Yeah, no, no, He's Tom awesome. King I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Did did Heroes in Crisis win anything? No, it was Mister Miracle. Yeah, people really liked that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so general impressions of of Heroes in Crisis. I'm just curious what your reactions are. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I think was kind of cool about this is DC has done these crises events now uh, like a few times. I mean, there's some big ones, Crisis on Infinite Earths and Identity Crisis and a lot of these. And what I thought was kind of interesting and, and please someone tell me if I'm reading too far into this is a lot of the crisis events have been like like cataclysmic world changing really big events and in some ways i think this subverted some of those expectations at least for me a little bit in that this wasn't so much one of these really big world changing events 
as much maybe in some ways it's a lot smaller more contained story so i thought that was really cool just as like an overall general big picture impression for me yeah it was definitely a misdirection because Mm -hmm. because yeah crisis that that term is reserved for the biggest of events Mm -hmm. and you're right those things are universe changing Mm -hmm. and i mean this was the slaughter of several Mm -hmm. (laughs) several heroes Mostly Absolutely. B and C list heroes, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, f- I forgot what the total was of how many people died. A lot. <laughs> That's a good a number. A lot. That's a number. It's about a dozen, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think maybe yeah, or more. It's it's more. <laughs> how many more? Um, well, I don't know the for sure count, um, but judging by okay, mm-hmm. uh, full disclosure, I did not actually read all of it but Josue sent me um some of the pages for me to look over and of the first one that you sent me is like a shot of superman looking down at the Mm -hmm. i guess sanctuary and there are at least 13 dead bodies outside so several more inside uh fair amount of bodies yeah 13 that's about a dozen then (laughs) but then there's more inside yeah i would say probably like 15 to 18 okay (laughs) somewhere in there yeah this should have yeah i don't remember them having a number nine issues is a lot it's a long it's a long story yeah. yeah definitely a long story yeah most arcs are only like six issues yeah yeah this surprised me about this one so okay so we got we got brandon's general impressions lara what about you I liked it. I went into it like you did with having concerns, um, especially when you're dealing with like a murder mystery and, and mental health. Uh, there's yeah. the, the impression that people have that people who have mental health issues are dangerous and uh, and things like that. But I definitely appreciated the realness of the... Uh, the the confessional pages mm-hmm. and the realness of those are some of the themes for these superheroes dealing with issues whether it has to do with things that are outside of the superheroing world or in the superheroing world like those are things i i hear clients talk about uh on a on a daily basis so it was really cool seeing that brought into comics and into um a thing because i'm pretty sure for a long time people uh should be should have been thinking about like what are these superheroes what do they go through like we have soldiers go through ptsd we have first responders go through ptsd and superheroes are kind of in that place for both of those like they're first on the scene sometimes before the police seeing all these all these traumatic incidents and and combat and the they have an even more like this big weight on their shoulders of like the world or the universe or time itself on on their shoulders so that's got to take a toll that we couldn't even really begin to picture and this kind of does that yeah, and it does that through what what I call the interviews. Mm-hmm. Right, you have these like full page nine panels on a page, and it's basically an interview with a person, or like um, 
the superhero talking to Sanctuary, mm-hmm. which is like let's just call it the therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for for now, but it's this this uh, machine that was constructed to help. Um, it, it's a location. It's an it's an AI. It's a robot. It's a, it's a bunch of different things, but it's it's a, it's designed to to fill the role of like a therapist for all of these people. And so we see it from the perspective of basically sanctuary or a camera where the person is speaking to us and they all have uh, the same backdrop always. And yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think that's one of the most amazing things about it where you get to see, you get to like comic books are great because you get that inner monologue so you Mm -hmm. can hear what they're thinking and feeling. But this is like, Oh, these are the things that they don't get to talk about because comic books don't always get the chance to do that. And, and a lot of these characters don't have their own books to, to explore something like that in detail. Some of them I've never even heard of, and I read DC Comics. Like, Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were some deep cuts in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, they spend a long time with Narc. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's like, I was like, Whoa, who, who's this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also appreciated that some of the characters were glib and funny in their interviews. Mm-hmm. And that happens all the time. Like, people... I think there's a lot of people have this Im- impression that therapy is just like all serious and crying and pouring emotions all the time. And sometimes there's these ridiculous laughter moments where you realize something about yourself and it's, it's yeah. fun. Lauren, what did, what did you think of, like, I kind of gave you a summary, right? Like of the mm-hmm. first seven issues and then the last two issues to check out What were your first impressions or thoughts. Um, my impressions were, oh, I enjoy this. This is nice, <laughs> um, which uh, I guess was kind of surprising because I don't typically read um, DC or Marvel superhero comics like that. So it was um, interesting to do that because I don't usually do it. But um, I thought it was really fantastic obviously i didn't get all of the context but i like murder mysteries and you gave me the um (laughs) the setup and then the reveal which i guess are the most important parts of the mystery anyways and um like you were talking about i really liked those those interview pages partly because i thought it was really cool just to show that kind of stuff in a comic book at all but also the way that the pages were designed was really cool um, like you said, we're we're staring at these characters like straight on, uh, head and shoulders shots, and w- the viewer is in the perspective of sanctuary of the therapist, but it's also it's a comic book, and you know people people read those, they're looking at them, and you're having these characters stare directly back at you, and they are saying these things to you. Um, and I think that that's really cool. And I liked a lot of the um, the expression, the face facial expressions in the art. I thought was really really good. I mean, having pages where there's like six total words on the whole page, but there's like fourteen emotions expressed. I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. Um, for me, I, I think this book falls in the category of. I think it's really, really important, and I'm going to reference it for a very, very long time, but I'm not sure that I enjoyed it, really. As a murder mystery, I need to reread it. Like, I need to reread the whole thing again. With the but Batman Flash crossover, that's a separate arc. There is. So so there's a crossover. There's, there are also two spinoffs that are starting in September. Mm-hmm. One, um, 
that follows uh, specifically Harley and and Ivy, and the other one follows Wally. Uh, but we'll get into who those are in a second if you haven't read it. But yeah, but I think I think it's super important. I think it did so many things incredibly well. But I, as again as a murder mystery, I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel about it in the end. I love how crazy and convoluted the the reveal was at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did enjoy that. But that was after seven issues. And uh, one thing that I kept thinking about was when people talk about the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, towards the end, they uh, there's a lot of conversation about how like uh, Hideaki, I know the, the creator, like he's like processing his own feelings of depression and, and mental health uh, through the, the series. And, I feel like there's a lot of that going on in this book, but there are so many, like, like I feel it's it's either one person's lifelong experiences with mental health, or many different people's stories who are all portrayed in this one book, and it's kind of overwhelming as a like as a as a reader for me it was anyway. But as a collection of all of those things, I'm I'm so glad that we have it and it exists because there's so many different perspectives, and even like even Wally who who ends up being like the you know the 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 murder at the end, it's very uh, like he goes through so many different things. Like his experience, it could be like five different people's experiences. Um, so again, overwhelming, but but just so much that I'm, I'm glad is there because I can't think of another book that touches these topics so, so honestly. It might feel a little tangential now, but the one part just thinking about kind of the idea of sanctuary that really caught me maybe off guard right away, but I thought was really cool was when Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman are kind of like, okay, this terrible murder has happened. We got to figure this out. And Wonder Woman and Superman are like, all right, Batman, like, go ahead. Crack it open. Like, who did it? We know you got the back door into this. He's like, no, definitely not. And like, okay, like, you can quit. You can quit teasing us now. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) But really (laughs) confidential. You got it, bud. No, like, seriously, who did it? And he's like, no, like, you guys, this was really supposed to be, like, confidential and and the a big reason why is because I used it and I used it a lot. And to that point, the one kind of um, sequence where it shows Batman using it and talking about, you know, losing people who become family members of his in his kind of crusade against crime and seeing him cry. I mean, that that's unreal. That's really, really deep, vulnerable depictions of Batman that. I think he would only show because of his kind of character and, and personality and temperament if he knew it was totally confidential. So I, th- I just thought there was so much that was kind of interesting there because there is that kind of inherent sort of distrust that the Justice League has for Batman because of just him being who he is. Mm-hmm. And in some ways that because does of sort Tower of, of Babel, <laughs> because of Tower of Babel specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and in some ways that does sort of pay off. Like he does have the kryptonite in his belt, even though he specifically denied it and like, okay, like, in the like, same conversation, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And and I think Wonder Woman even at, in that sequence says like, just like, she just says like, ugh, 
Batman. Like, <laughs> like okay, he's he's doing it again. And uh-huh. so just that whole, I mean, you all know, and listeners know I'm such a Batman fan, but that whole dynamic was so interesting for me to kind of watch that play out as such a, a, a big fan of that character. I thought that was cool. I liked that. So like you brought up, Brandon, he, he's, telling these emotional things about losing these kids essentially that he fosters and trains and works with and the crying but he even takes off his mask mm-hmm. that's the biggest piece for me is that he felt comfortable enough and knew that it was secure enough that he could take off his mask and be Bruce Wayne like in the in the room uh and I think that's why he has the strongest reaction when he finds out that it's been leaked, that there are videos out there. So so Sanctuary is a place in kind of in the middle of nowhere, it looks like, right? Like in it's the like in a, Kansas, a field. I think. It, I think they looks, said it's in Kansas. It, they did? Okay. It, it looks mm-hmm. like Superman's house, right? It looks yeah. like uh, Even with a Superman family. setting. Yeah. And so you go to this house and it's, you know, it doesn't look like anything but a house in the middle of a field. But then once you're there, you, you're you greeted by these robots who, who are part of Sanctuary. Then there are, are two basic, uh, I think, things that happen there. Like one is complete anonymity. It's like nobody else even knows who's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... There are those interviews, right? So you go and you actually talk to someone. I'm I'm assuming they're talking to maybe one of these robots, not mm-hmm. just like a camera, right? And and it's supposed to be completely anonymous. Everything the way to describe it is every interview is deleted and the information is scattered into a billion pieces so that no one can ever uh put it back together. So it's completely confidential. But then part of the treatment is not just talking to people there's also like a holodeck kind of space where it creates these um virtual reality experiences and one thing that i loved about that was that it there seemed to be a trial and error component to it Mm -hmm. where you saw some of the people trying something it's like that didn't work for me you know Mm -hmm. it's like okay well next next time maybe we'll try something different Right. I, I love how even though it's supposed to be this Kryptonian, uh, super advanced AI, it's like mental health treatment isn't that easy. Like sometimes it is trial and error. Sometimes we need to try different things or explore or expose, you know, ourselves to certain things and and see what comes up and then process that. And I love this this futuristic tech, uh, you know, psychology, mental health device thing that they've created um, it's like I, I love the idea of it and how, like Lara, like you said, it's supposed to be completely confidential. Uh, part of the mystery is that it it ends up not being that way. So so let me let me touch real quick on the mystery, which is uh, like all of these who people, killed all these people. All these people died at the beginning, right? And so there are two main suspects throughout the story, which are Harley Quinn and Booster Gold, and Eventually, we find out it was it was neither of them, and it was actually Wally West. Now, let me explain who Wally West is and why his story is so tragic before we even talk about what, what happened. So back in 2011, maybe 2012, there was an event in DC Comics called Flashpoint. 
the Flash, Barry Allen, went back in time to save his mother from being murdered. That accidentally uh, made a lot of changes that he did not like. So he went back to fix it. And is is this correct? I get confused. So he went back, and when he came back um, from saving his mom, the whole world was different, so different Mm -hmm. that um, things were pretty pretty bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Things like um, the... I'm not sure if it was the first or the second time that he messed everything up so badly that like Superman was, I think he was locked up inside, like by the U S government and the Atlanteans and the Amazons mm-hmm. were at war with each other. There were all these other things like the whole world had changed. And, and that period of time was called flashpoint. I believe that was the summer of 2012. And then after that huge event, Barry went back and undid it but then because he still like just by going back in time he changed things the whole universe was rebooted into a new continuity called the new 52 lots of changes happen lots of changes one of them being that wally west which was barry allen's nephew like he technically the version that we knew before this white kid with red hair didn't exist and there was another wally west he was a much younger black teenager, and I forget what the relationship was, but he is like related to Barry Allen and Iris West in some way. But he wasn't really the same character. Fast forward a few years later, the original, like, I, I don't know, they kind of started undoing the New 52. Mm-hmm. And there's this, that's where Rebirth comes in and Rebirth puts uh, start saying that the universe that existed before wasn't really rebooted like it still kind of exists and it starts like bleeding into the new uh continuity mm-hmm. it's it's wonderful dc comics uh, stuff one of the things that happens which happened recently was that wally west reappeared actually that's the beginning of rebirth right where, where mm-hmm. uh, wally west is trying to break out of the speed force and he comes into this continuity where he basically doesn't exist and his wife exists, but she doesn't remember him. And since he hasn't met his wife, he never had his two kids. So the setup for for here is that he goes to Sanctuary to deal with the fact that he lives in a world where his wife doesn't remember him and his children don't exist. That is a hell of a tragic story. Mm -hmm. It is so, so sad. (laughs) And, ugh, like I, I... Rebirth. I re- I reread uh, Rebirth recently when uh, DC Universe started adding the, the the free comics, uh, like a lot of free comics, and it's just oh, it's so sad. It's so so sad. So again, it brings him to this point, and he's in Sanctuary for about three weeks. Correct me if I'm getting any of this wrong. Three. Uh, yeah, I think three weeks. I think it was interesting because the the file you set up for Lauren and showing the pages. Um, I was able to use that to kind of refresh some things and I didn't realize there was like three in a row of like his week one interview and his week two and then his week three mm-hmm. and at week three and he's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then at, he's like, oh, I can't wait for week four because week three sucked. Um, yeah. I liked that because I didn't pick up on that through the first read through because it was so separated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right, because I put them together, but it yeah. wasn't together in the, in the original yeah. run. Yeah, he, sa- he he says that line about like, oh, I didn't think it would take this long mm-hmm. to just yeah. three three weeks to get over losing your your relationship with your wife and your yeah. kids being a, uh, alive. I, in existence. I just think that's that's such cool insight to a character whose power is to move fast to be fast mm-hmm. almost yeah. to the point of like you know breaking laws of existing in different places at the same time and of course the outcome of that would be impatience mm-hmm. for the the time that everything in real life actually takes and so of course there would be a part of you that'd be like why am i not fixed already it's been three whole weeks that's like three billion years in my time why why am i not better yet yeah yeah. And that happens to real people, too. It's like, I've been in therapy for a whole year. Why am I still here and not better? And it's like, ah, uh, that's not a great way to frame it, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, through Wally, more than anybody else, I think we see this experience of where we tell ourselves certain things, right? And they're not true, but we mm-hmm. believe them, right? A lot of self-talk. And one of the things that he convinces himself of is that this whole place exists just to help him, mm-hmm. which is uh, the catalyst for him to actually, does anybody have any more thoughts on that, on that part? Cause it's something that uh, I think is, is interesting how he comes to that conclusion where he starts thinking like, Oh, these superheroes, what they do their every day is to help people and to save them. And I think that this place just exists to save me and it's it's not working. It's not helping. They say that there are other people here, but I don't believe them. Mm-hmm. Like he starts uh, getting, I don't know if it's paranoid or just suspicious, right? To the point where it's really bothering him to be there. I think it's, I can kind of understand how he starts down that path because if it's completely anonymous and you don't know who else is there. You're by yourself. It is just you in sanctuary, as far as you know. Uh, and yeah. you can't see anyone else there. You could kind of, especially with the kind of issues he's dealing with, with feeling alone and isolated, he could start going down this path of like, well, of course, I'm the only one here. They must have built it for me and just building on that. Yeah, and like there's already a a history of Superman and Batman doing things like that where it's like, oh yeah, we're, you know, we're helping everybody. It was like, no, I'm just helping you specifically, but we're trying to not make you feel bad about it. (laughs) So I can totally see where where you would get to that point. It's like, I don't see anybody else. I'm talking to an AI or whatever. Like clearly this is all, all just for me. Yeah, and like, but it really bothers him. You know, that's yeah, it's something that I've been like the the idea that he's so alone is so uh, it's it's almost too much for him to bear. Mm-hmm. So he starts f- trying to reason his like he he starts coming up with different reasons for why he like they're doing what he's doing. Like I don't I don't know. It kind of breaks down for me uh, this this part where I I get that he's trying to. Uh, I'm not coming up with the right word, but it's basically like he's making up this story to make it feel better. Mm-hmm. And that's what like, it, it, but it's too much for him. So then what he decides to do is uh, 
prove that he's right. And what he does is he moves so fast that he's able to retrieve all of the pieces of all of those recordings that are supposedly, you know, split up and and scattered to into a billion places. And he knows that this happens. So he says, like, for the fastest man alive, that that'll only take a few seconds to put it all together. So according to the comic, he goes and he he's retrieving all of these pieces of data and he puts it all back together. And in almost an instant, he then views every single superhero who has been through the sanctuary. He sees their interviews, their confidential private interviews, where they are talking about their grief, their loss, their trauma. Everything that you would go to a therapist for, he kind of takes it all in in one I'm going to say in one instant, right? Because the way they show it, it's mm-hmm. like he's, he's moving so fast, but he does it all at once. It's not like he, he sat down and started watching it. He inadvertently took it all in way too fast. And it was too much for him. And that would be too much for anybody, right? Like, I, I want to stop there for a second and say, like, I like that presentation of, that would be, like... The burnout is real, you know, vicarious mm-hmm. trauma, secondary trauma. On another podcast, Lauren and I were just talking about this. Like being exposed to so many um, to so many feelings like that, right? To so many stories, to so many uh, experiences by all of these other people can be like I, I, I can't even imagine what that would be like. And and I've worked as a therapist and had to go through the experience of taking on or or being affected by other people's trauma and and problems so that's like poor like i already feel bad for wally like i i I, he his story is so tragic and then he goes through this in this moment where he's trying to like make sense of the world it's a lot it's a lot yeah there's a reason why therapists have therapists yeah (laughs) yeah and so technically the murders that happen are not uh Mm -hmm. Wally doesn't actually murder anybody. It's he is so overwhelmed by that experience that he runs out of sanctuary. The alarms go off. All of the other patients uh, leave sanctuary because it's like there's there's been a breach or something, and they run outside. And Wally is trying to process all of this that he just experienced, and. He talks about how he is constantly containing the speed force within him. It's like it's exhausting, right? Ever since he's been a child, he's been trying to contain this. And that woman, in that one moment, he lost control, mm-hmm. and the speed force kind of blew up out of him, and it killed everybody that was around him. And that's how all of those people ended up dying. Yeah, the only actual like thought out murder in in it is when he goes forward in time and kills himself. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. That's too confusing to bring up. <laughs> right we just talked about speed force and, and killing a whole bunch of people. We'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. Um, how do you all feel about that? Like, this is, this is the only piece of it that uh, I feel a little uncomfortable with because it's this idea of this isn't what they're saying, but I think that a lot of people could read it as if you have mental health problems or you have a quote breakdown or something like that, other people can get hurt. 
but these people didn't get hurt. They died. Right. I think it was more of a, you can lose control. Um, and, and like you said, that people could get hurt, whether it's physically or, you know, emotionally lashing out. Um, but other people could read it that way, that it is like physically hurt or killed. And that was one of the concerns I had going in was the murder mystery uh, with people involving mental health and that there's this this kind of myth that people with mental illness are dangerous or they're going to hurt people. And it's it's totally not necessarily it's not true uh, that that people with mental health are are more likely to to hurt others. So, whew. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I, I can see that definitely there is a, a reading in which if you are mentally ill, you will harm people around you. Uh, I, I didn't read it that way. I read it more as if any one person tries to hold in all of the pain and hurts not only is that self-destructive, but that will also hurt all of the people around you. There's no way for you to to contain all of it. And, and the metaphor connecting there is it's the speed force or whatever, which I don't know anything about. But respect that was the speed sort of, force. I respect <laughs> the speed force. I don't understand it. Just like the the regular force. I don't know what's up. But uh, that that was sort of the the metaphor I pulled from it. Is like. He had taken in all of that that horrifying information about people he knew or people who have had similar terrible hero experiences that he's had. And especially coming from a position of being like, oh, I'm the only one who's suffering. It's all about me. And then being confronted with, no, we're all suffering. And then just holding all of that in and trying to be like, oh, I can hold this. No, you can't. It's going to bust out of you. It's going to seep out of your pores. It's going to squeak out of your butt. It's going you know, to shoot escaping. lightning bolts out of you. It will. <laughs> and and it will fucking suck. So don't try and hold all of the bad stuff by yourself. I think I really liked the overall kind of arc of Wally. I'm specifically remembering, and I'm remember, wondering if you all kind of remember these specific frames as well, where everyone is kind of hugging him as when they come back and they're saying, you know, you're back and, and this is so good. And this is so hope, like him coming back into the world. I think it's like Nightwing and Flash and some other people are all hugging him each in their own frame and saying these really positive, hopeful things for him. And in all of these frames, his face is just so distressed and distraught. And it really leads him down this path of how can he bring hope to the DC universe when he's so hopeless himself because of his wife not remembering him and his children presumably not existing any longer. And so I think it's such a, a heartbreaking and engaging arc to see him kind of come to this place where he has this conclusion that this is all for him. And instead of, you know, 
trying to collect facts to come to a conclusion. He comes to a conclusion and sort of fits the facts to meet that conclusion that he's come to. And when he realizes that conclusion isn't right and it's not just him suffering, everyone is suffering and he experiences that, I think that is kind of the arc is that no one, not even the superheroes who who the people expect to take on so much and expect to always be there to save them, not even they can take on everything. Everyone has these limits. And if if those limits are exceeded um, or broken, then then that's a big deal and people might get hurt, I think is kind of the message. I I, I think that it was done, in my opinion, tactfully enough. I, I didn't get the impression that the idea is if you're mentally ill or if you're struggling, people are going to die. I get why people might come to that conclusion. That just wasn't my interpretation when I read it. So I think it's just such a it, it in a, another way it it was unexpected to me that whole arc was not something i was expecting to sort of read and i thought it was really interesting for me especially because i know thinking back to reading rebirth that part was so heartbreaking that very specific scene where wally comes and he's kind of saying all of this really heartwarming positive stuff to his who was his wife and she's sort of like trying to get a word out and she eventually just says i don't know who you are and so i mean it's just really i think so powerful to see that arc come back around in a way that has very meaningful um consequences for kind of the universe and where i kind of started was this in some ways, wasn't the universe changing crisis, um, but it is a crisis. So I think that it's. I think it's cool. I like. I liked it. Yeah. So I'm. I'm glad I'm the only one that saw it that way. Then, or that was kind of had that concern about the the murders. And I hope most people read it like like Lauren and, and Brandon, like, like you just described it. Like it really is. It can be too much, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and that's not healthy. And this is the speed force superhero version of what happens when you take on too much and yeah like to see wally's story go from rebirth again which is a heartbreaking issue like i still remember sometimes at the end when he is like the last person he goes to is his uncle he's like he's that's if anybody is going to remember me it's him and and he doesn't and just like the look on his face, right? Just so, like, just so sad, so just hopeless. And then he kind of like gets zapped back in, I think. Oh, no, no, no. But then finally, Barry does recognize him. And then they like, they have a moment where it's like, there's hope, you know? And then to see all of that play out, like, that was, that was what, two, three years ago now that we had rebirth, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that, that has been lingering for a very long time. And yeah, I agree, Brandon, like to see that finally, like if you have that context, it's even more (laughs) powerful, I think, uh, to see, to see what he's going through and kind of make sense of, of how he's trying to, to cope and just not being able to. It is, I don't know. That's why like this, this part in particular is going to, stay with me for a very, mm-hmm. very long time. And I know I'll keep referencing it because like how, how often do you see, how often do you see a superhero dealing with 
a uh, some sort of tragedy, some sort of trauma, actually getting the time to treat it or process it um, or, or, or see that they are overwhelmed and then have that be the story and then have that play out to the point where you you go around and and actually find support and people come and help you and then you can like you find hope again right and you find uh, a way back toward um in this case it's in part in part it's like in part it's redemption right because he did something that he he didn't want to do but in, in part it's it's healing right it's it's i was i was struggling so much and by the end of the story he's he's gone through a lot but he's he's experienced what he needs to to kind of move forward i can't think of any other story that kind of takes the time to do something like that me neither i think it's a really unique story in a lot of ways that that being one of them the geek therapy discord is incredible we've got channels for all types of games and fandoms plus channels for music cooking cute things and emotional support we even have an accomplishments channel where we share wins big or small it's a very supportive place it's incredible i love it i think you will too even if online communities aren't your thing or if you're just a lurker check out the geek therapy discord you won't regret it join us by visiting geektherapy.com discord so to, to address uh, what, what Lara said before about him killing himself. No so, way. This is where it so, gets... I might need a little help at this point. There's one part of this sequence I'm not sure I totally get quite yet. Okay, so I'm going to try. Let me know. <laughs> Break <laughs> me it down, Josue. How we do. Okay, so uh, at the beginning of the story, one of the people who uh, is dead at Sanctuary is Wally West. His body is there. Booster Gold is a time traveler. And so he also has super futuristic tech and he notices with his technology that <laughs> the, the body that is there of Wally is five days older than it should be. And so that's part of the mystery. Like what, well, what exactly is happening here? So what ended up happening is that after he accidentally kills all of these people, he finds he goes back inside sanctuary and finds that two people are still alive harley quinn and booster gold so he makes it so that neither of them realize that he is still alive he puts them in virtual reality experiences where they see the other person so harley sees booster and booster sees harley uh, each of them kill wally and that and really the, messes the both of them up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, again, when the story starts off, it's like they're both coming after each other, uh, like Booster and, and, and Harley, mm-hmm. because they they witnessed the other person murder someone. In so, a pretty cool scene, if I can add. Yes, yes. Kind yeah, of like this diner, long buildup. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and if I remember right, Booster then starts, like, thinking, well, was it really me? Did mm-hmm. I do it? And he starts going down that mental rabbit hole <laughs> yeah 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 i mean again there, there's a lot that goes on i'm, I'm mostly going to focus like yeah. on the on yeah. the end stuff but like the rest of the story there's, there's a lot of stuff that happens um so okay let's see so uh he does this and then he has them witness that and then he pulls them both out of the virtual reality experience to put them outside so uh they don't realize that they were in a virtual reality experience and what they saw was fake. So then he goes and spends 
five days leaking all of the data and the interviews that he found to Lois Lane to so that the world can know that Sanctuary existed. And then um, by the fifth day, he realizes that he needs a body to put at the back at the beginning. So he meets, um, so he moves, no, so he travels back five days. This is where it gets confusing, right? He's in the future. He, he, yeah, it's five days later. He sets up everything in, in sanctuary so that Harley and, uh, golden, guy booster gold <laughs> booster gold uh each think that it's the other one and then he goes forward in time five days to kill himself mm-hmm. bring back the body and leave that there as the main evidence yeah because the, Harley the and- body right. is five days older yeah. than the current time yeah but th- yeah. it doesn't i thought he he spends five days leaking all the information right and at the end of the fifth day he tells himself he has to go fast into the future. Go that the that was my understanding too. And then he knows he has five days until he comes forward to kill himself again. Yeah. Right? Wait, what? Because he, he jumps five days into the future and, it and, up. and gets his body, kills himself and takes his body back. And then so he then knows that he has it. five days until he would, his other past self will jump forward to kill him now. Oh, okay, okay. So that's okay, where okay. he gets his five days from. It, it gotcha. was my understanding. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's not the part that confused you, Brandon. That's not the part that confused so, me. So, yeah. yeah. The, okay. But the five days are the same five days. Okay, yeah. I, I, I found I found the page. Um, Harley and Booster Gold were leaving the uh, therapy room, the, the chambers, and then Wally puts them back in the chamber without them realizing so that they think they're out uh, but they're actually still in, and then that's when they see the murder scenes. And then as they are watching that stuff happening, that's when he uses Booster's tech to go forward. Wait. Oh, God. <laughs> no, he... Oh, yeah. Using the tr- using Booster's tech, I traveled five days into the future, found gotcha. myself, and then Poison Ivy is there, too. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, and, okay, okay, okay. So he, he does travel then. I guess he kills both of them and takes her rose. And then from that point is when he's leaking the stuff, he plants the rose, and then he goes to wherever he's supposed to be to get murdered. Time travel is weird, y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brendan, what was the part that you didn't understand? Because now part, there are things that I don't understand. <laughs> so then the five days goes, and then you get to the end, and then Wally is sitting with Poison Ivy, and then himself from the past comes to kill him. Yes. But then they have to go get another body to like take his body spot in the timeline to close the loop. Right. And that's like a, a clone or something. That's where I started to get confused. Gotcha. 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 So, so if he went to the future, right. Mm-hmm. To, to kill his, his five uh, day older self and bring the body back. He does that one time, right. Mm-hmm. Technically. But then, once all of the other people get involved, once Blue Beetle and uh, Batgirl get involved and they go to that point where where Wally travels to the future and they don't actually show this, right? 
but they tell you that they've been there and they've, uh, oh, no, 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 no. I'm assuming that he actually went, no, no, what, 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 what am I saying? He did actually kill uh, a version of himself because we see it. We see him mm-hmm. yeah. snap the neck. So it happens once, right? And it, uh, presumably it happens many times. We don't know how many mm-hmm. times because it's a loop, right? So he, he always goes to the future, uh, kills the future self, and then... Damn, but, it is really but, confusing. But no, because I was so you clear watch him happened. snap the neck <laughs> when he's explaining what he did, but then you see the page where they intervene, and at the end they have the fist bump with Booster Gold and, and Wally, and then like Harley's there and and knees him in the yes. crotch, but they're still there, and nobody died. No, no, yes, but because because they changed the loop, they right. closed the loop in a right. different way. So what what I keep getting hung up on, <laughs> what an episode, what I keep getting hung up on is when, okay, he goes to the future. It's his past self, goes to the future. Yes. His future self tells him everything that he needs to do over the course of the last five days. He kills future him, brings the body back, and then does the things that future him told him to do, lives out the days to wait for his mm-hmm. past self to come and arrive. So yeah. that loop continues to happen infinitely until... The, the everybody else on on booster ship they come and they talk to Wally and presumably tell him you're not alone and it doesn't have to be this way we have a, we have a way to help you like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this way so he has that conversation with him which is different from i'm going to kill you now i know so he has that conversation where he tells him you are not alone and then what they do is instead of him killing him and putting the body back, what they do is they go to the 25th century, clone the body, okay, bring it, bring a body back, and then use that to close the loop so they don't have to Got keep it. doing He doesn't this. have to keep going in the, the same loop. Yeah. The clone yeah. was the part that threw me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently there was a – yeah. I mean, anyway, <laughs> that, was, that was how they – because Wally's fear – was to go back in time and make a change that would essentially be another flashpoint mm-hmm. and yeah. would cause a lot of uh, you know ho- horrible unintended consequences. Right. So instead of doing that, he went forward and kind of created that loop. So and I think it's it's important to point out that that whole cloning idea comes from somebody else. So it's like Wally's experience is Problem arises, go back in time to try and fix it, return to the present. Oh, no, I made it worse. Go back again to try and fix it. Come back. Well, I fixed that problem, but now I have a different, potentially worse problem, but it's only worse for me. And and so he's always like, okay, how do I go back and change things without it ruining things? And somebody else just comes in and is like, well, what if you went forward instead? (laughs) And sort of have that, that moment of like I'm sure all of us have had in therapy, it's like you are convinced that what you're doing is like the only logical option. And then your therapist just asks a question is like, well, what about this? And you're like, oh, shit, I never even considered that. (laughs) And having somebody to sort of reflect back to you, that kind of stuff. And it can be so revealing. And I think that that's a really satisfying conclusion to it is like I created this whole series of cascading problems from trying to change the past and the solution was having somebody else look at the situation from outside of it and be all like, no, here's the solution. Now, in that issue alone, this idea comes up multiple times where uh, when Booster gives that idea, 
Wally tells himself, I thought it was stupid when he said it too. Right? It's like, I, I understand how you feel. It's not going to make sense right now. I also thought it was stupid, but I don't anymore. Like, now I get mm-hmm. it. But then yeah. he also tells himself, like, listen, you're not going to believe me. You're going to think <laughs> that this is stupid. You're, this isn't going to make any sense. But please hear me when I tell you that you are not alone. Right? It's that thing of like something coming. I love the way you framed it. It's like something coming from the outside, something coming external. But I love that in this issue, multiple times it presents the idea that, you know what? Not everything is going to like make sense immediately. And some stuff that you're going to hear that is like for your, you know, for your betterment, for the things that you have to do to improve are going to sound stupid or they're not going to make sense at all. But he's telling himself, you know, in a way it's like, it's another kind of self-talk, right? It's mm-hmm. like, do it. Like it, 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 it'll help you. Trust me. Like, let's give it a chance. We can get better. We are not alone. And, and there is another way. <sighs> that, that stuff was handled mm-hmm. beautifully. Well, and there's this double-edged sword with not being alone because at first he sees the stories uh, and the interviews of all these people that have been at at Sanctuary. And then he's like, I'm not alone. This is fucked up. All these people are going through all this pain and he just couldn't handle that. And then well, he it- says, it's. he's like, it's kind of funny I needed to be alone then. Like I needed to go outside, get some air and be alone. Yeah. And and then mm-hmm. we move on to the, I like the scene where it has um, all of them standing around and you're not the only one who's done this. You're not the only one who's experienced this. You're not the only one. And it flashes through each one of the people there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that page, that page is amazing. Let me, can someone, does someone have that one up so we can read what those are? Uh, I, I might. Yes. Okay, Lauren's got it. Uh, which ones do you want? Just what they say to him? The the close-ups. Okay. Uh, you're not the only one who tried to do something good and ended up doing something horrible. You're not the only one who's been hurt so bad that the hurt becomes a part of you as much as you hate it. The hurt is you. You're not the only one who was betrayed by a friend who's had the person they thought they could trust forever into their life. You're not the only one who has felt the madness creep in, who wants to turn away from it all and keeps turning towards it. You're not the only one who's done some terrible things, who will now forever try to make up for that harm. And the in, in order, those are uh, Booster Gold. Blue Beetle. No. It's well, Booster yes. Gold. B- Booster Gold, Batwoman. Girl. Batgirl. Batgirl, Beetle, Blue Harley, Beetle. and uh, Ivy. Yeah. 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 And, and each of them, like, that's their story in a nutshell. Yeah. Right? And it's saying, like, you're not the only person. Like, you went through all that stuff. Look, right now, you just so happen to be surrounded by people who share those experiences and, and those I f- feelings. I feel like the difference for him, because before he heard all their stories and saw all their stories, and it was all at once, and it was overwhelming, and it's like this abstract feeling of, like, you're not alone, the world is fucked. And with the ending part, it's very specific like these are my friends these are people i i know and i can connect with each one of these people individually rather than this general sense of overwhelming dread and sorrow and tragedy tragedy another thing and i'm a little rusty maybe you guys can help me out here he so he has this other kind of motivation right because this terrible thing has happened 
And he knows that he can't go back and stop it from happening because, like you described with Flashpoint, saving one person's life, Barry's mom, creates huge problems. So he knows if he saves all of these people, that could be really problematic. So he instead he leaks all of the sanctuary videos and kind of forces Superman's hand to address this publicly. Is his? I'm trying to remember his motivation for doing that. Is it just so everyone knows that superheroes struggle too, or and no one feels kind of alone? I don't remember exactly. I think that that's was that it. was a big part of it. Okay. Is that he had felt so so isolated and then was totally overwhelmed with it. He's like, how dare these normies live their lives, <laughs> not sure. not realizing that we super people also deal with hot bullshit. I wouldn't frame it that way at all, but uh, more more what you said before, Brandon. <laughs> sure, I think he he fe- he feels like there's value in people seeing that mm-hmm. these people, these gods, like they also go through things, and they went and got help. And if they went and got help, like you, it would probably help you also to go get help mm-hmm. because people. This is uh, a. I think there's a there's a part that specifically addresses this. I don't remember in what issue, where he he says something like, like I didn't, I I didn't get help, and I didn't know what that was like, right? Like it was it was a solitary experience. I was just in there. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know this was something that people did. To Lauren's point from earlier, right? Like this is someone who moves fast, right? Therapy doesn't necessarily move fast. And so he didn't understand it. And so he felt that he was, he, he kept trying to do good things throughout those five days to undo or to offset the bad things that he did. And this is one thing that he thought would be helpful to many people was if they learned that even the people who are the most powerful in the world, the people who we depend on, they also seek help when they need it. That was how I understood it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we jumped to that conclusion, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that he did because the message is is good. I mean, there was a lot of balancing and trying to, to weigh the scales when he did this horrible thing. Like, I think he felt bad for uh, framing Harley and and killing Ivy. So that's why he has himself plant the rose that then becomes Ivy again and, yeah. and brings her back for her. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, he feels bad about all of it. Everything. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, like he he wants to make amends, which is why th- this follow up, this uh, spin off from Heroes in Crisis that focuses on Wally is going to be really really interesting to check out, because like what is what is the story there? Is it is it him trying to make up for this? Is it him like is he going to visit the the families of the people who died? Is he going to be inspired by their stories in particular to do something? Or is he just going... Like, he was already a superhero. You know, he was already saving people left and right. Like, what more can he do that he wasn't already doing? Like, what will he do that's different because of, of this event in his life? He can be the best Wally West he can. All right, so, uh, Brandon, earlier you mentioned the the Batman 
um, interview, right? That, that one really impacted mm-hmm. you. Were there any others that stood out to all of you from from mm. the different interviews? Yeah, yeah. Superman talking about uh, splitting his identity between Clark Kent and Superman, and the the more distinct he tried to make them from each other, the less he connected with either of them. And then he couldn't tell if he was one pretending to be the other or if he was both or if he was neither. And I I liked that sort of identity questioning. Um, And then also I really liked the the Wonder Woman one where she's talking about and and, uh, this is something I really connect with. But the idea of like when you're in therapy and you're like, well, obviously I have problems that I should like address, but other people's problems are worse and I can deal with mine. I can just bite my tongue. And so I'm just going to keep doing that. And And she gets up and leaves. And she gets up and leaves, which (laughs) is which I think is even extra meaningful since she's supposed to be a part of what made sanctuary, if I'm correct. And so the idea of like she has this space in her of wanting to help and wanting to heal and uh, protect people. But she, some part of her is like, it's not for me. It has to be for other people first because they're worse off. And I think that a lot of people feel that way when you're talking about therapy, where it's like, you you do that, well, my bad stuff's not that bad. It could have been worse. And so you sort of push it aside and you're like, I don't need to deal with it because I've been successful at like just crumpling it up inside of me, turning it into a tumor. It's great. I'm fine. I'm fine. This is fine. Yeah. Um, but I liked seeing that, especially, you know, with all of the other um, interview scenes. I felt like it was a really wide uh, broad examples of like the way real life people interact with therapists of you know like Lara said earlier of like cracking jokes as a way to sort of ease tension uh, uh, you know like really getting vulnerable and crying and, and being super open people who can't they they don't have words they can't say anything at all and all of those are represented I thought that was really great yeah the Wonder Woman and one uh, well just like all the rest there's no reaction to it there's no Mm -hmm. judgment of it like it's it's for us to to react i think i i think there's just a lot of examples for us to see like you said right there's a broad range of of experiences in something like this and i love the conversation (laughs) starting aspect of of having wonder woman like she she thinks she is you know it's like it's not it's it's a waste of time to work on her own problems because other people have problems. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's only so many helping resources to go around, and so you should help those other people before me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No Wonder Woman, stay. <laughs> this thing is, stay and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Talk about your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Your feelings matter too. There's so many good interviews. <sighs> yeah, what, mm-hmm. what, what were your guys' favorite, Josue, Lara? So, um... Like I said, so many go- good interviews. Uh, I like. I, I could probably find a use for each of them, but I really liked the ones that were the Robins, um, going through the different Robins. Oh, yeah, those were good. So Red Robin, which is uh, Tim Drake being Dick's the funny, nice one. Jason's the rebellious, cool one. Damien's the cute, mean one. So I get it. I more than get it. But what the hell am I? And all of them are having these like 
identity crisis because and comparing not themselves Damien, to though. each other, but not Damien because we get down to Damien and he's like, "I'm fine." What did they tell you? And they then, say I don't know. I feel like that that really says something too, right? They're all sort of dealing with like, what what is my identity in comparison to these other Robins? And then that one Robin is just like, what did they say? And it's less I, less about their own identity and more about like how how do my peers like frame me mm-hmm. which which is its own kind of identity crisis because then it's not what do i think about myself it's what do others think about me mm-hmm. yeah. but there's also another one that lauren might not have picked up on because it's a de- deeper d- dc dive oh, i knew that they were robins what? What? but, but no, if you no, told no, no, me no. like which one is which i'm like they're all dick robin that's okay. his name right so well, there's like, red robin <laughs> there's red robin nightwing uh the red hood, Round Robin. No, the red hood, <laughs> and then uh, Robin, which is Damien. But then there's the spoiler, who used to be Robin, uh, Stephanie Brown, and she said, "Did they talk about me? I bet they didn't. Oh. Everyone forgets." So, so deep cut, yeah, deep no, cut, I didn't. and very important because she's yeah. like, "But I'm a Robin too." <laughs> like, yeah. But also, also like to Stephanie Brown, she was Batgirl, and yeah. when the New Fifty Two happened. Mm-hmm. She disappeared, yeah, for like two years, and then she reappeared finally in, um, I think it was Eternal, right? It was a, the 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 one that was weekly. Like she reappeared, but it was like, like and she was in like Detective Comics for a while, and then yeah, left. No, no, yeah, like once she came in, she came in, right? But like there were multiple layers, and with the Robins, there's 75, 80 years of history of those Robins. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, each of them have so much going on, but ultimately. Batman and the and the Robins, they all like they those were all connected. It's all about family, and it's like, well, like, where do I fit? Like, there's there's four of us, like me and my brothers. Like, what are mm-hmm. we? What are, what are we? And and Batman, his thing was like these, like, what have I done to these kids? Like, he's talking about specifically those four those four boys. It's a yeah. lot. There's a lot there. Like, there's so much. Like we could start a whole other podcast just to talk about everything that that is brought up in Heroes in Crisis. Mm-hmm. Any takers? Next week. Any takers? New <laughs> podcast. Codes the GT Network. What's up? What's up? <laughs> oh. It'll be called Josue in Crisis because he has oh another gosh. podcast. <laughs> One that really stood out to me was the Green Lantern, uh, specifically the... Uh, there's like five Green Lanterns that show up, but uh, Tim, what's his name? The original, the Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan, the Hal Jordan one, where he's like. So, uh, in context, the the Green Lanterns, uh, the the their power comes from will. So the idea is that they have they are able to harness will um, into into light and 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 beams and things like that so how jordan's is let's be honest right i don't even know what the hell will is do you it's this like (laughs) he is the greatest green lantern right and Mm -hmm. supposedly right he is the, the the best green lantern the greatest of all time no one can harness the the that power like he can he's like what what even what even is it (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that like just that that idea that 
like you know, I, I, people imposter about, syndrome to the max. <laughs> yeah, imposter syndrome. Uh, you know, just feeling unsure about your 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 role, your your abilities. People call you something. You're like, I don't, I don't. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> that one stood out to me a lot. Heck yeah! I think there's a joke one with the red tornado. Oh, I don't know if you. If, that was you, the one where he's talking about making a family. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I don't know if, if I'm off here, and I'm curious what what other people think. But I feel like that's a like a reference to Vision in Marvel Comics. I think so too. That's I, Tornado, I read it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Red Tornado is basically Vision. He's like a red robot, and he's like, I'm thinking of starting a family. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> oh, and things go very I didn't wrong. Pick up on that in Vision. <laughs> And again, so so some some characters have full pages, and towards the end, we just start seeing a lot of just snippets, and and even again, the Hal Jordan one is just one, just one picture, and and not a full page, and there's just so much, so much to to look at, and there's some in th- other languages. You have one in Spanish and one in French. The one in Spanish makes no sense, by the way. No I- sense. <laughs> My wife took French in high school, so the one that's in French, I was like, "What the hell is she saying?" And she's like, "Something about," and I can't, I can't even remember. And then I took my Google Translate and tried to put it in, and that didn't work out so well. So I still have no idea. They're both gibberish, probably. <laughs> the Spanish one makes no sense. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 just full of of good stuff. And every time I, I went back to an issue to just check something I was like oh I kind of like I didn't get that and yeah the story the the reveal at the end and everything that Wally did is kind of confusing I don't think we we did it any justice <laughs> I'm more confused now <laughs> after, after discussing I was pretty clear on what happened and I was obviously wrong that's and why you're not you don't talk about it's like don't read the comments don't talk about time travel storylines no. just don't try and break it down just yeah, don't just, to, uh, release just yourself from sense and just enjoy that time is a river that we don't understand <laughs> i thought it was a flat circle <laughs> also that, that it's both understand. at the same time no it's, it's everything all right so any closing thoughts on on heroes in crisis read it check it out yeah, I mean, I didn't I didn't read the whole thing, but I enjoyed what I did read and um even though I didn't know most of the characters, it was still really enjoyable Golden and boy. I think that uh, yeah, Go- Gold Boy and Blue Beetle and Red Hat Man. Um <laughs> but yeah, I think if you if you like superhero stories at all, if you like stories about people getting help and therapy, I think either of those interests would be uh, suited to reading it. Check it out. Probably at a library. <laughs> I don't know if you could check it out at a library yet. It's not in trade paperback. Well, yeah, most but, libraries don't then. have single issues. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know how comics work, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's Clearly. way more. I think it's way more serious than than most uh, comic mm-hmm. book stories that mm-hmm. that you'll read. It is, yeah, and it touches a lot of uh, serious topics, very personal, very intimate, um, 
problems that that people experience and and go through i think it's super important again mm-hmm. i think it, as a conversation starter it is i'm overwhelmed by all of the things that are here mm-hmm. that can be talked about like i've in, in the past i i would present to my client uh, to to a client my entire like comic book collection on on my iPad so they could kind of like see different you know stories or different uh, characters or you know sort by in different ways to kind of find something that appealed to them i think that this is what one of those stories where anybody can find something that will speak to them and in different yeah. ways because there there are a lot of those stories even even Wally's story alone is relatable like on 15 different levels it is it's almost again I I I tried I tried to say this at the beginning but I feel like they crammed or they tried to cram a lot into into Wally's story on purpose to the point where it's almost too much where <laughs> it's almost uh, like unrealistic but everything that they that they put in there is important and I feel like they had a whiteboard full of ideas that they wanted to put into this book and into Wally's experience and they kind of shoehorned them in but I'm not angry about it because I think it's I think it was worth putting them in there. So I think that's going to do it for this episode of GT Radio, a deep dive into Heroes mm-hmm. in Crisis. Thank you for listening. If you want to discuss Heroes in Crisis or almost anything else, <laughs> you can always go to the forum at uh, forum.geektherapy.com where every single episode of Every single show on the Geek Therapy Network is posted and waiting for discussion. If you want more immediate uh, conversation, uh, there is the Discord at geektherapy.com/discord. Get your invite there, and find more Geek Therapy at geektherapy.com. You can find ways to contact us in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. Remember to geek out and do good, and we'll be back next week. This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our Patreon producers this month: Ben, Booney, Jamila, John, Cat, Lydia, and to those of you who have opted out from the shoutout. Thank you too. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content like the Lost RPG episode we've mentioned a few times, visit patreoncom Geek Therapy.